this is the whole movement of data ops. This is the space in which that plays. And I'm really encouraged by the fact that it is a movement now and that it has a title and companies are tying themselves to that because it'll help us increase the speed at which the improvement rate happens in that part of the industry. So I think it's still a couple of outstanding questions in the data preparation side, particularly with versioning of data and with making it easy to create industrial strength feature stores. I'd like to say a big thank you to our sponsors, Talent Insights. Talent Insights are Australia's leading specialist data recruitment business. With offices in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, they're experts at providing recruitment strategy and building data teams for clients across industries Australia-wide. They provide recruitment solutions for all roles across the data lifecycle, including data engineering, data science, advanced analytics, customer and marketing insights, business intelligence, data product managers, and data governance. They're skilled at finding the best permanent and contract hires for your business needs, as well as statement of work, project focus, data resources. At Talent Insights, relationships matter most. I can say from first-hand experience, Talent Insights are fantastic to work with. Whether you're a business leader within an HR network or a specialist data candidate, Talent Insights should be the first company you turn to for all your data recruitment needs. Find them at talentinsights.com.au. There's been a huge amount of changes in the industry over the last 18 months. A huge, huge amount of progress that has made it easier to create and orchestrate our data processing pipelines. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of progress on the data engineering side, um, a lot of progress on the, on the model creation side, a lot of progress on operationalizing. Um, so it's definitely it's definitely been a very active space, and it will continue to to do so. Um, there's there's obviously still a number of frustrations and areas where we can do better as an as an industry. Um, so four of them four of them come to mind. Um, the first one is around um, making it even easier to do data preparation and particularly uh, versioning of, of data. That is something that is, is um, I think still a largely unsolved problem in the ML and AI space um, that we can you know we can version code and we can see what runs when. Um, but understanding what what version of the data was used for a particular model um, and being able to create that kind of end-to-end -end link, uh, I think is still largely uh, a an unsolved problem that might have some some simple solutions that we can start to implement. And as part of that, um, the data preparation umbrella, uh, there's also improvements around making it easier to create and maintain feature stores. So being able to, to create features um, and engineer those features and then serve them uh, and do that at speed, at scale, in a reliable way um, that is you know, monitored um, and alerted. And, and for that, for that to, to happen seamlessly throughout many organizations, it's still a, a high bar. Um, so I know that a lot of organizations are looking for, for, for example, for feature store solutions. 
where you can apply software engineering principles to your data preparation and your data processing pipelines. This is the whole movement of data ops. This is the space in which that plays. And I'm really encouraged by the fact that it is a movement now and that it has a title and companies that are tying themselves to that because it'll help us increase the speed at which the improvement rate happens in that part of the industry. So I think it's still a couple of outstanding questions in the data preparation side, particularly with versioning of data and with making it easy to create industrial strength feature stores. Um, so that's the first one. Second one is um, democratizing AI, sometimes referred as citizen data scientist. I think that more and more we have to move into that world where more people in the organization uh, need to have we need to be able to have these tools at their fingertips, be able to use them and be able to get them to a point where there's value being created from this wonderful technology. And uh, the barrier is typically still too high, uh, but there's, there's been improvements in making the creation of models more accessible through the organization. I think that's great. Um, but it needs to be, I think, well, the, the gap still is that it needs to be better linked with the with the data preparation component. So then you have sort of a reliable input um, and, and something that you know what's going into the preparation of those models. And then on the other side, the operationalization of those models, that there needs to be an easy way where the, the models are versioned and tracked and the, the performance is monitored and that there's alerting. Um, and and we, we talk about, we, we'll talk about those, those components separately as well, but making it, Making AI more accessible throughout organizations is the real, the only real way that we're going to be able to transform our organizations with this technology. So it needs to be available more places. And for that, it needs to be done at the standards which we hold our data science and um, ML engineers teams um, in terms of the, the processes, the traceability and their learning because, because we want these systems to operate at an industrial strength uh, level of reliability and security. So bridging that gap to for, for non-technical people is going to be critical. Number three is um, better auto ML. Um, so we've, we've had a lot of progress in the, the creation of models in that space. Um, there's still, um, the efforts, in my view, are still a little bit disjointed that some people focus on on time series and forecasting. Other people focus on um, supervised learning, but um, there's not enough uh, unbalanced or not, not enough catering for unbalanced classifications, uh, things like that. There's, there's still a lot of gaps um, in terms of the, the smarts that can go into, into AutoML. Um, and maybe my expectations are too high, um, but there's a lot of um, repetitive things that data scientists need to check for um, and adapt. And there's, there's almost like um, logical decisions that need to be made um, by hand a lot of times or almost every time with different data sets. So there's a lot of uh, automation and optimization that can happen 
in the creation of models, a lot of improvements. I'm not saying that the algorithms themselves need to improve. That's definitely happening with research. Um, but this is around the creation of algorithms at, at speed and at scale in a way that's more reliable, more flexible, and it definitely ties it to the previous point uh, or making it more accessible. Uh, but it also will increase the, the breadth and the reach that AI can be used in organizations um, because I see a, a future where we have thousands of models uh, in production in every organization. And that means that there'll be probably like tens of thousands of models in uh, being developed. Um, and so to be able to both create that and then manage that uh, and, and for those systems to be robust and reliable, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And the, the, Better AutoML is one component. And the, the other component, which is my, my fourth point, is better ops in this space, which is better ML ops, better ML engineering. Uh, and this is the, the ML ops movement is, is super, super important to be able to um, reliably um, deploy, monitor, um, track and alert the the quality that of, of predictions that are being created by models in production. That's something that's critical. It's it's made a lot of improvements in the last eighteen months. It still has a long a long way to go. Um, we poll our audience uh, almost every week on our webinars, and we ask them how many models in and machine learning models in production exist in your organization today. And we have about 94% of people say five or less. And the majority of those people say zero models in production. Um, and, and then we have, you know, a fraction of a percent saying that they have 20 or more models in production. And I think that the, the MLOps space is around uh, helping us get the value from our models by getting them into production in easier ways, having the processes, the infrastructure, the... Um, the platforms to to do this at scale, and that's a, a component that needs to improve. Uh, it has been improving, but it needs to improve significantly in the in the next eighteen months to be able to take us to that future where we, every organization has thousands of models in production, um, and that can be managed um, in a in a largely automated way with with confidence that it's solid and reliable and that we can manage by exception by being alerted when something needs human review retraining recreation etc um that's that's the the world that, that i would like us to get to um in the over the next 18 months so um better better data pre preparation uh versioning feature stores maybe better data ops <laughs> Uh, democratizing AI through the taking into consideration the end-to-end life cycle, so not just the creation of the models, but looking into the, the data that comes first, that's fed into it, and then how the models are operationalized. Then thirdly, better AutoML, so it can tackle a larger set of problems um, and automating more of the tasks, more of more of the repetitive tasks that data scientists need to do almost every time and then better MLOps so we can continue to get more value from, um, from our models. Those, those would be fantastic.
if I was going to add a fifth, I would say that uh, improvements on um, responsible and ethical AI are are critical for us to have the the confidence um, that that we are um, able to create the the models that have the impact that we want in the world. Um, so I think that that's that's key. And within that umbrella, I think it's it's critical to realize that a lot of organizations, in most organizations, I would say, we don't have the required data today to make the models as fair and as responsible as we would like to. And that's because the data that has been captured has been captured for the purpose that's been used for, which is sometimes um, to pay people, to receive payments, like the, the, the um, the data has been captured for a narrow use case, and we've been trying to use it in a more general use case, and that that will inevitably give us problems. Um, so we need to improve the way that we are either capturing data or data sharing and make it more more secure uh, to be able to make us significant strides on the responsible AI and fair AI, which would be fantastic. Um, if that can improve over the next 18 months. I hope this has been helpful. Um, See you in the next one. That brings this episode to conclusion. Thank you so much for listening. Please find us on datafuturology.com or on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram as datafuturology. Also go to datafuturology.com forward slash podcast to find the show notes for this and any other episodes if you like this episode it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode and that it was helpful and valuable for you thanks again and see you next time the first data futurology event for next year is going to be ops world data-centric operations for business value we're going to be hosting the community in person at the Sofitel Wentworth in Sydney on March 14th and 15th. We're going to be discussing operationalizing securely for business value, impact and scale. What are we operationalizing? Everything across the data analytics and AI space. We're bringing all the ops perspectives together into this one event. So it's going to be data ops, operationalizing data pipelines, analytics ops, operationalizing our analytics, MLOps and AI ops about operationalizing machine learning and artificial intelligence in our businesses. We're going to be discussing processes, frameworks, the observability and the future of this space. Check out the website for more and hope to see you there.